we were talking about, take your Bible, turn them over to Matthew 16. I, I really don't have a lot tonight, per se. The Lord's been working in my heart about study uh, over the next few weeks on Sunday nights, and that's where we're going to be at. I'm going to introduce it tonight and uh, just kind of let you know which direction we're headed. But me and Brother Brian Cannon were talking at camp and mentioned it in the service of how we have those services as a pastor where you don't know what to do next. All I know is that God's here, God's moving, he's working, and I'm just going to trust, I'm here to please him. My heart isn't to mess up anything. I'm not here to steal glory, but I'm just going to do as the Lord leads and as I feel like he wants me to do, and I think the Lord will take care of that. We was at camp that Thursday night, and we were singing Amazing Grace, and we got on that, I'm saved. I'm saved, I'm saved. And it was great. Brother Jacob was there with his guitar. He was singing, leading the singing. People were worshiping. Little Shiloh was in the aisle with her hands up, praising the Lord. And then all of a sudden, Brother Jacob disappeared. Not like he didn't just disappear in midair, but he was on the altar praying. But everybody was still singing. And I said, Lord, I have no idea what to do. What'd you do, preacher? I just stood up and said, sing it again. <laughs> and before I was leading the singing. And it was just an interesting thing. But I remember telling Brother Brian, that's, that's the things we prayed for. God, give us those services where the Holy Spirit just sits down with us. Sometimes you'll hang off the chandeliers. Sometimes you'll shout. Sometimes you'll tear up the sheetrock, whatever it is. And then sometimes you'll just sit and enjoy it. It's like coming in from a hot day of working, doing some yard work around the house, and, and this 90 degree, 100 degree weather, I've come in, it looks like I jump in a swimming pool. When I get done and come in the house, and well, I tell you what, that air conditioner is wonderful. And I sit down in that house, I'm not running around the house, I'm not trying to be busy, I'm not trying to show everybody what I can do, I just sit and I enjoy it. I let my, my body temperature cool back down. I, I, I come back from the brink of death to a place of comfort. I think sometimes that's how church is. Well, we come in here so busy, don't we? We come in here so tired, so burdened, so wore out. So just, I mean, just the, the problems of life all over us. And we come in here and we, I've got to do, I've got to, I've got to do, I've got to do, I've got to sing, I've got to listen, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. And sometimes the Lord just says, sit down for a little bit and listen. Enjoy it. Let me speak to your heart. Let me encourage you. Let me remind you about the day that I passed by. <laughs> and I didn't just pass by, I moved in. <laughs> and I didn't just move in, but I'm coming back again. Amen. That might be a message. <laughs> just enjoy the goodness of God. Matthew, Matthew chapter number 16. Tonight we're going to look at one verse. And... Uh, Go down to verse number 18 and just give what the Lord's put in my heart for tonight. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Sometimes I just want to be like Shiloh. Shiloh, we're going to church. Church! Amen. That's a good attitude to come to church with. Amen. Just don't scare me to death. I'm coming in here yelling. Look at verse number 18. I'm glad I can be myself. <laughs> I'm going to get there. We got time. Sun's still up. 
I'm glad I can be myself. There's some churches and some places that I go into and I preach, I can't be myself. Not that I put on and not that I, I pretend to be somebody else. It's I'm just not comfortable. Right, I'm just not comfortable, but I'm thankful for a place that God has given me where I can be me. I, I don't have to put on, <laughs> I'm not, you're, you're, you don't, I, put, I don't feel no external expectations on me. Boy, I wish preacher would do this more. I wish preacher would do that more. I wish he had a, a chippier personality. I wish he talked more. I wish it's all these, y'all get me and I get y'all. I'm thankful. We, we talk about it all the time that our church is, it's unique. Our, our church is very unique, not just in our unity, but in the makeup of it. Right, it, it, sometimes I feel like the Lord sent all the people to our church that wouldn't fit anywhere nowhere else. And we all fit in together here somehow. And we love it. <laughs> like we wear the, the, the name tag, Misfit. We're, that's us. Was that Rudolph, the island of misfit toys? Chair with square wheels, or train with square wheels, and baby doll that cries. That's us tonight. But I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18. And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus said, I will build my church. Well, here's what we're going to answer for the next few weeks. What is church? What is a church? What is the church's responsibility? What does a church look like? I remember Marco Polo with Brother Ben over there in Albania and they were looking at a property and uh, he, he was going through it and he was showing it to me. He said, Brother Tate, it looks real churchy in here. They hadn't painted the first wall. They hadn't done anything. He said, Brother Tate, it looks real churchy in here. What he was saying, he said, this is gonna be a good place to have church. It's where the Lord's gonna meet with us. Just had another soul saved in Albania today. <laughs> yeah, the Lord's doing a work over there. And he said, oh, I ain't too busy for y'all over there in Hepzibah. God knows where Valor, Albania is and Hepzibah, Georgia is. Ask the average person, where in the world is Albania? I have no idea. Where in the world is Hepzibah, Georgia? At? Well, I know where Georgia is, but I have no idea where Hepzibah is. But God said, I know where they are. Thank God for that tonight. But what is church? I looked it up according to the Oxford Dictionary. Right, I didn't look it up in the dictionary, I Googled it. But these are the results. It said, church is a building used for public Christian worship. Or it's a particular Christian organization, typically one with its own clergy, its own uh, buildings, and its own distinctive doctrines. It's an institutionalized religion as a political or social force. I say Jesus didn't die for a building. Jesus didn't die for an organization. Jesus didn't die for an institution per se. Jesus didn't die for a political force and Jesus did not die for a social force. Jesus died for the church. And he said, upon this rock, I will build 
my church. Now, the Catholics say that, that he was talking to Peter. Therefore, Peter, being the first bishop and the first pope of the Catholic church, was the church, was the rock that Jesus was referring to. And they'll teach it this way, that, that Jesus pointed at Peter and said, upon this rock, I will build my church. But if you keep it in its context, Jesus is talking about forgiveness. He's talking about grace. He's talking about salvation. And I, I don't think Jesus was pointing at Peter, but I think Jesus very well because he's God Almighty could have said upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not, aren't you glad tonight that as a born again child of God as part of the church of God tonight you're a part of something that is guaranteed victory. Can I say tonight you can go to any bank, you can go to Wall Street go to any investment firm and ask them when I put my money in here can you guarantee me when it's all said and done I'll come out on top and they'll say, well, you know, if you do this and you do that and you do this, you might have success, but we cannot guarantee 100% success. But I'm glad tonight that Jesus, when he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And he said, don't you worry about it. The gates of hell shall not. What is that preacher? That's the strongest evil out of hell tonight. I'm glad tonight that there's nothing that can come out of the pits of hell tonight and do damage to the church tonight and destroy the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But I heard a preacher this week, and I said, I never thought about it like that. He said, we often think about it in a defensive sense. But he also says it's in a proactive sense. In essence, when we do the work and what the church was created to do, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Oh, they'll make fun of us, they'll ridicule you, they'll mock you, but they will not prevail against you. And so the next few weeks, we're going to look at what Jesus, well, what is the church? We know that Jesus died for it. And when you allow the Bible, it's not a political force, right? It's, 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 America doesn't need a man of God to stand behind the pulpit and talk to you about politics. They don't need a man of God to talk to you about social forces and social issues and social needs. Now, when they, now you know me well enough. They pop up in the sermon every now and again. And I'm going to deal with them from a biblical sense and what the Bible says about these things. But ultimately, the greatest message I'll ever preach is the gospel. Preacher, what, what does the homosexual crowd need? They need the gospel. What does the wicked world need? They need the gospel. What does the lost and dying world need? They need the gospel. They don't need to know my political affiliation and my political ideas and my political standards. Listen, I'm, I'm part of something far greater tonight than just a political force. I'm part of the church. Preacher, what is the church? Well, you look that word up in verse 18 and throughout the New Testament, the Greek word for the word church is ekklesia. E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, ecclesia, right? And it means a called out assembly of those who are called out and they assemble together. And in essence, that's what we are. We're a called out assembly. What do you mean by that, preacher? Well, first of all, we're called out from the world. 2 Corinthians 6, 17, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, right? So we are called out. That's why when I get up here and I talk about things uh, that, that, that are, are infiltrating and try to be uh, brought into the church, right, it bothers me because we're to be called out. We are to be different. We're to be peculiar. In essence, when you walk in, if a sinner walks in here, they shall feel welcome. They shall feel loved. You should be kind and courteous to them in that sense, but when it's time for the word of God to be opened up, if we start compromising on this, that, and the other, the Holy Spirit's going to be far away from here, and that's their only hope. We're to call it out. We're to be called out from the world. We ought not to walk into church and it sounds just like the world. It ought to sound like church. 
Ought to sound like church. We're called out from the world, but we're also called to assemble together. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Been out door knocking before and talking to people. Hey, do you go to church anywhere? No, I just do it at my house. Right? I, I, just, I just have church at my house. Listen, you can worship God in the shower. You can worship God in the car. You can worship God cooking biscuits. You can worship God just about any, anywhere else. But there is a command in the Bible to assemble together to fellowship together. And in the moment that when they say it to you, they say it real spiritual. I just have church at my house. And then you're not very spiritual. Because I need church. <laughs> I need to come in here tired and wore out and someone to hear someone say, preacher, I'm praying for you. And that's all I need. Right? That's, 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 sometimes that's all it takes. We, we are called out from the world, but we're called to assemble together. That's what the word means, a called out assembly. What is church? In its, in its most basic definition, it's a called out assembly. But can I say the church is an organization? In essence, God is a God of order, right? All things are to be done decently and in order. And when he established the church, when he put it together, he put a structure to it because God is a God of structure, right? That's why, prove it, preacher. How, how do you know God is a God of a structure? Let me ask you, can you go to any book in your Bible and through a thorough study it not point back to Jesus Christ? He's a God of structure. His whole book's about him, right? If I wrote a book this long, ain't no telling what it'd be about. But it's all about him. It's a, it is an organization, right? Through, throughout the New Testament, we see different churches. Matter of fact, just on Wednesday night, we were talking about the church at Philippi that met by the river. There's a church at Lystra. There's a church at Corinth. There's a church in Jerusalem. There's a church in Rome. There's a church there. There's a church here. So it is an organization, right? Just like we are South Haven Baptist Church, right? If, if we were in biblical days, we would have been the Hepzibian Church. But it is an organization. But it's also an organism, what does that mean, preacher? It's alive, it's breathing, it's moving, it's working, it's serving. You ever been in a dead, dead church service? Well, I, I just asked, Lord, Lord, never let me experience one of those again. It's so discouraging because something that's supposed to be vibrant and lively where, where the presence of the Lord is, right? It's liberty. He said you might have life and have it more abundant. How in the world can you claim to be one of his and not have any kind of life about you? I grew up in dead religion, right? I'm like a hound dog. I can sniff it. <laughs> I can see it from a mile away. That doesn't mean that they have to do everything just like me and just like us. But man, I've sat in some service. I'm thinking, man, this is dead. I could be playing disc golf right now. Now I'm stuck here dead. <laughs> Dead church service. The church is an organism. It's to be alive. There's a work to be done. Right? How do I know that you're an organism? Because you're breathing. You're alive tonight. As far as I know. Nobody's checked out on us, have they? All right. It's an organism. But it also has an objective, right? The Great Commission. The, the take the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world. So for the next few Sunday nights, we're going to strive to answer this question. What is the church? What is the church? We're going to look at it as an organization, the church, the leadership of the church. Right? We're living in a day and age where there's so many people with the title church, and you look at their infrastructure, you look at their, 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 their setup, their, their, their structure tonight, and it's not biblical. Right? It's not biblical. One of the biggest things that the Southern Baptist Church is currently fighting right now and trying to figure out with are should women be pastors? Right? And the answer to that is no, but that doesn't mean that a woman's any less than. 
Right, we're going off God's design, God's structure tonight. I'm going to explain that. What does it mean to be, what is a pastor? The Bible calls them an elder or a bishop. Who are they? What are they supposed to do? What are their qualifications? And then you've got a deacon. Right, the biblical explanation of a deacon. Can I say, a lot of what the Bible teaches about a deacon is far from what everybody else thinks a deacon does. See, there's this, there's this thing, right? I'm not saying traditions are bad. Right, we have traditions around here. No, we don't, preacher. Yes, we do. Well, what are we fixing to do on Fifth Sunday? We're fixing the fellowship. What is it? It's a tradition. There's no Bible verse in here that says, on the fifth Sunday of every month, thou shalt fellowship in the fellowship hall and eat fried chicken. Now, is it a bad tradition? No. As of right now, it's not. But if it becomes more important about the meal than the message, then the tradition's out of whack. And there's some things that have come into the church. We're, I, we're just talking with something about this this week. That there's some traditions that have come into the church. We have no idea where they came from. We don't know where they started at. We don't know who, who brought them in where they came from. And so before we just, I'm one of those tonight that you're going to learn about me. I'm not just going to do something to do it. I'm not just going to do it so, so I can say, look what I've done. Right? I'm going to sit back and sometimes it can get aggravated because some people are pedaled to the metal preacher. We got to do it now. And I'm going to say, hold on a second. Let's think about this first. Come, let's reason together before we, we do this. So we're going to talk about well, what is a pastor? What, what's, their, what's their role? What's their responsibility? What about the deacon? At this time, our church does not have deacons. It's not because I'm scared of them. Right? Because a deacon in the right sense, in the biblical sense, is not a burden to the church. They are a blessing to the church. But I will say tonight, a lot of what we know about deacons, when we think about deacons, well, they're the financial board of the church. They, 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 they choose and fire the pastor, all different things. You're going to struggle to find that in the scriptures. Struggle real hard to do that. And so I'm not just going to have, all right, you, you, and you, you guys are deacons. Now we got deacons. Ain't everybody happy? And can I say tonight, let me, let me, let me, let me follow up with that, that no one's came to me and said, preacher, I'm upset we don't have deacons. But we're, down the road we may have some, but we're going to make sure we have the right ones. And do it the right way. Right? The, the membership of the church. How does one become a member of the church? How do you answer that question? Right? What is the answer to that question? Well, there's a biblical evidence for it. There's also a, a, a traditional idea from it that one who is saved and baptized is, is, is automatically made a member of the church. And then also, you know, but people move. They go from one place to the next. And there's that, that transfer of a letter, right, of, of going from one like, like my faith, church, and coming into ours. And here, and while we're here tonight, I'll say this, I am a Christian by conversion, but I'm a Baptist by conviction. Right, and we're not gonna take it off the sign. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dropping it because if that's someone's heart and desire, either they're ignorant of history or they do it just for numbers. Too many men have died under what way, this, the same belief system that I have for me to say, you know what, we're gonna take it off the sign. The leadership of the church Membership of the church, what is, what is the privilege of being a member? What is the purpose of being a member? We're going to answer those questions. Got an update? Good? Did you get saved tonight or did you just get it settled? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Craziest church service I've ever had. And I love every single second of it tonight. Let that, be, let that be an example to you, people. Right in the middle of the church. I got to get it settled, preacher. 
Timothy will be able to go to bed at night and say, it's okay. I'm good. Timothy knows more scripture than probably the majority of people sitting in here. <laughs> he knows the verses, but now he knows him. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Y'all fixing to tear something when y'all get home, Brother Jamie. And uh, whatever you tear up, take it to the deacons. <laughs> Amen. They'll pay for it. Well, whoever listens to this on Sermon Audit, they're going to say, what in the world happened there? And some will be like, I know exactly what happened. The Lord showed up. The organization of the church. Brother Timothy, Brother Jed, for the next few weeks, we're going to answer the question, what is a church? What is the church? Number two, the ordinances of the church. Baptism, what it is and what it is not. Is it necessary to go to heaven? No. Is it necessary to obey the Lord? Yes. It's the first step of obedience to the Christian life. Jesus set the example for us. Jesus thought very highly of it. Why? Jesus got baptized himself. Let me ask you, did Jesus need to get saved? No. But he was setting the example for us, giving us the precedent to follow after there. Right? Here's the interesting thing. In history, being baptized was once a thing of courage. That's where we get our word Baptist from. It's a, it's a mocking term. They made fun of those who came before us, who pulled out of the Catholic Church, who, who, who disagreed with the Protestants. Listen, we are, not, we are not of the Catholic Church. We're not of the Protestant Reformation. We have a direct line back to Jesus Christ. That's what I believe tonight. But it went from being something of courage. People, people lose their life to be rebaptized. Right? Or once they got saved, they got baptized. They would say, they call them Anabaptists, rebaptizers. It's where we come from tonight. It once was a thing of courage because you very well would lose your job, you lose your place in society, very well lose your family. If they thought high enough of it, they would do it. Now it's, it's almost become ceremonial. It's become something that we just, it's, it's, it's fun, but really it's, 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 a, it's an ordinance of the church. It's commanded for every Christian to partake of. Not only baptism, but the Lord's Supper. Now, I know we've, I've been pastor here for five years. Right? October 2023. No. Yes, that hasn't happened yet. October 2018. There it is. I've been the pastor. So we're right at five years, and we have yet to partake of the Lord's Supper. Why, preacher? Because I've been doing some studying. You know my background? You know where I come from? Right? I came from a church that we, we partook of communion every service and it didn't help or change anything. It just, I was talking to somebody this week, I said all, all it came to was, all right, the church is almost over. Let me go get my bread and let me go get my, my little swig of wine and get out of here. I think the Lord's Supper, if it's the ordinance of the church, it's one of those things that, that, that we're not gonna do it just to do it. We're gonna do it right. I think the smart, the wise thing we do is give a full explanation. Here what the Bible, here's what the Bible says. Here, here's what it teaches. Here's what is tradition. And here is what is truth. Right? And then once we get to that, we'll enjoy the Lord's Supper together. And I think that's, that's a wise way to do it. But what is the church? Well, the ordinance of the church. Baptism, Lord's Supper. And then number three, the obligations of the church. Right? What, what is the, 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 the responsibility, the obligation, the, the job? And I don't like that word, but the job of the church, the purpose of the church. One is to equip saints to carry out the Great Commission. We've had a wonderful service in here tonight, don't, haven't we? But if it don't impact nobody out there, well, how good was it? How was church last night? I know you go to church on Sunday. You're crazy. How was church last night? It was good. 
Really? That's all you got to say? Let them look at you crazy. Man, let me tell you, the Lord showed up. The Lord himself? Yeah, he was there. He passed by. And he moved in. <laughs> we thought he was coming back. <laughs> we was ready for it. Let me tell you. Then just make it real convicting. Look at them. Look at them right in the ball. Lord passed by your church lately? He moved anybody's heart lately in your church? It said, equip the saints to carry out the Great Commission. Right? It's to edify fellow believers in the process of sanctification through discipleship and through discipline. Right? Not, not a lot of people like to talk about church discipline, but it's in there. And when done right, it is effective. Done out of arrogancy, done out of pride, done out of anger, it messes everything up. But when it's done right, it helps people. It helps them to realize. Just a few weeks ago, I had to give it, I had to do the act of discipline. Right? Not, not, it was with a church member. But you can go ask them tonight. Did I, did preacher take his belt off on you? Did preacher raise his voice at you? Did he take his finger and stick it right in your chest? Sometimes, listen, sometimes it's, that, that's about all you can do. Not, but I just simply talk to somebody. Listen, this, the way you're going is not good. This needs to be fixed. This needs to be changed. You know, this, this, need, this needs to be strengthened. Right? Church discipline is a thing. Church discipleship or through discipleship, through discipline, right, to edify fellow believers in the process of sanctification. Here's the thing. My, my heart is not to make you a good church member. That's shallow. That's falling short. My heart is to make you like Jesus. My heart's to be like him too. So we're here to help each other with that. Edify fellow believers in the process of sanctification. And finally, encourage faithfulness until the rapture. Be faithful to the place that God has given you until Jesus comes. He passed by, he moved in, and one day he's coming back. And I'll be found faithful until he does. I've always said, wouldn't it be something to be right in the middle of a message, talking about just hammering down on the third point and be gone. <laughs> I don't know who's going to finish the sermon, but they're going to wish to God it wasn't them. That happened tonight, Brother Timothy. You don't have to worry about finishing it. We'll be going out here like Superman. Coming back like the Lone Ranger. What are you talking about? Go read Revelation. <laughs> Call us out of here. We're going to fly. And we'll come back on some white horses. <laughs> I've ridden a few horses in my life and it was never a good experience. But that day it will be. <laughs> Y'all going to see a fool. I'm talking about galloping. <laughs> That's my preacher. <laughs> Obligation to encourage faithfulness until the right. Listen, I love coming to church. I hope you do too. So this next few weeks, we're going to look at what is a church? What's my role in the church? What's your role in the church? Why did God give us a church? What, what is the church supposed to do? But let's pray to Heavenly Father.